Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? stuff that happens to get a book on the shelves of your favorite bookstore. For all the readers out there who aren't living the ins and outs of publishing every day, it can seem like a really murky process. At the 50,000 foot level, it's pretty well known that writers write books, they edit them, they turn them into their editors and publishers, and then miraculously a few months later, or maybe a year later, they turn up on the shelves. People can buy them and everyone lives happily ever after. But what does that process actually look like? People ask me that a lot. What happens after you send a book in? How long does it take to edit? What kind of edits happen? How many people weigh in? Where do covers come from? Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and it's a big month here. My third full moon mystery, Which Way Out, is out on March 28th, next week. And I thought it might be fun to do a behind the scenes look at how the book traveled through the mysterious halls of a publishing house to get to you. So this is a shorty episode to take you through some of those steps. But first, for those of you who aren't familiar, The Full Moon Mysteries by Kate Conti tell the story of Violet Mooney, a crystal shop owner who finds out through a series of unfortunate events that actually she's three quarters witch. She finds this out when she becomes a murder suspect and her long lost mother Fiona literally drops into her life, complete with a shower of glitter and tells her she has another whole family and a responsibility to sit on the magical council and help run another whole world full of magical beings. Sounds like fun, right? This series is really fun, and I'm really enjoying writing it. And this is the third book that's coming out next week, and I really hope you will like it. So back to how it gets to you. Now, this isn't discussing the actual process of writing the book, which can be about a million different podcast episodes. We'll get into all that in later episodes, promise. But in the meantime, if you haven't listened to the episode on plotting with Jessica Ellicott, go listen to that. 
It's a great conversation about how to develop a book from an idea and a bunch of questions. But today, we're talking solely about what happens once the book is in good enough shape to turn into the publisher or the deadline rolls around, whichever comes first. So I've had experience with two different publishers, and they've actually been quite different. So I thought that would also be interesting to share. And look, this is my experience. Everyone's differs because we have different agents, different editors, different publishers. For this particular experience, I'm talking about traditionally published books with large publishing houses. So as background, my Positively Organic Mysteries under Liz McGavro and my Full Moon Mysteries under Kate Conti are published by Kensington Books. My Cat Cafe series, also by Kate Conti, is published through St. Martin's Press. So while the theoretically the process is similar, there are still a lot of unique aspects to the way each house and each editor handles the process of getting the book published and off to the bookstores. So let's start with when the book's finished. So I have kind of a weird process of writing, and by weird I mean uniquely mine, which I've come to embrace after a lot of struggling with it. But I don't write a whole draft at once and then go back for, you know, to the beginning and, and revise the whole thing. Um, some writers, you know, they write an entire first draft, they put the words at the end on it, and then, you know, if they are done early enough, they take a little break, then they go back and they start revising. A lot of people say that this is, quote, the way to write a book. Finish a draft, get it all out, then go back and edit from there. Once you've got, you know, a decent draft, so maybe second or third draft, you get a few beta readers and get their feedback, then incorporate them into the next revision. So I think I've mentioned this before, but I don't like rules. And usually when I try to follow another person's rule, that's when I get in trouble. So I've tried to do it this way. Like I've really, really tried. And I, honestly, it just doesn't work for me. So I kind of layer my books until they're finished. And so what do I mean by that? Usually I write at least half the book because at the beginning I've, you know, I know what I'm doing. It's exciting. I've got the whole inciting incident laid out and I just, I'm off and running. And then I kind of start slogging through the middle. And then usually I get sucked down into that quicksand, probably at the halfway point. So even if I have a strong plot, I usually wind up losing the thread somewhere about halfway through. And so this is around 40 or 50,000 words. And for context, my books range between 75 to 80,000 words. And I know I said I wasn't talking about the actual writing process today, but I'm telling you this for a reason, because it impacts how I get feedback and what that means as it's going through the publishing process. So I get to that halfway point, and I usually end up questioning my plot or questioning what's happening next and you know how to get to where I need to go. So I go back and I revisit my inciting incident, the point where the sleuth gets involved, all those things that set the action in motion, and then my sleuth's next moves. So I do a lot of editing of this first half, until I feel like the story is you know, on a straight path again and, and I'm in a place where I can move on, I know what's happening next, the next few scenes are clear to me, I can see what I've missed, what I need to add in, um, and you know, again, where I need to head next. So from here, I, I can power through another maybe third of the book until about the beginning of the climax portion where everything ramps up, you know, where the black moment happens, and ultimately into that final scene or few scenes. So from here, I go back and I do a few more edits to the first half and the bulk of the fixing in that latest section that I just wrote. So that other part at the middle that kind of heads into the climax part. And then from here, I can go on and write the end of the book. So all of this 
and the fact that I can still be a master procrastinator mean that I'm usually bumping up against my deadline at this point. So now what? I don't have time to do. I mean, I've already done a lot of the revising, but I don't have time to go back and do, you know, a full revision again and get the book to a beta reader. This and the fact that I can still be a master procrastinator mean that I'm usually bumping up against my deadline at this point. I didn't leave myself a lot of time to get reader feedback. So I'm doing my final revising. And then if I have time before I turn the book in, I send it to a beta reader. I have a super fast, amazing beta reader who you might hear on the podcast soon. Um, But that's really helpful to me. You know, I can usually get comments and make edits from that reader before submitting. But if I don't have time to do that, I'll send to my editor and the beta reader at the same time. So my rationale here is I'll be making edits anyway, and then I can incorporate them all at the same time. So my editor's edits, my reader's edits. And then usually somewhere around this point, I'm getting cover information. At Kensington, they always ask me for input on the cover. If I have any ideas or you know images to share or that sort of thing. At St. Martin's, I usually get a finished design, and then I can opine on it. And they're usually so, I mean, all of my covers are amazing. I think only once um, at St. Martin's, I went back and asked for a few changes, but they're, they're so good. The designers at both houses are just so good. And I'm so grateful for the adorable covers that they always come up with. Wish you could get some free advice from writers who've made their dreams come true? Now you can. Grab my free guide that shares the strategies top writers use that made a difference in them achieving their career goals. I believe that the most important strategies for writers are mindset, systems, and spirituality. Yep, you heard that right. More than talent, these three things are going to make the most difference in getting your dream started and achieving it. Because if you start believing that you can do it, that you're worthy of creating that book, short story, blog, or whatever it is you want to write, then you'll be able to achieve it. And having systems in place to combat the self-doubt and procrastination that can bring a writer to their knees is absolutely critical to stay on the path. And writers who use a little woo-woo along the way can't lose either. But don't take it from me. Grab the strategies that work from other fiction and nonfiction writers in this guide. So head over to kateconti.com and download today. So now we have a cover. And then sometimes once we have a cover, the book usually gets put up for pre-order and oftentimes it's up for pre-order before it gets turned in. It depends on the timeline and how aggressive it is. Then I turn it in. Some writers are very connected with their agent during the whole writing process. So there's different levels of engagement. So some people may send chapters all along the way for feedback to their agent, almost like a co-development process. Some may send to their agent after the first complete draft or maybe the second or third draft. So These are usually the agents who want to be involved in the writing process. They want to make sure that they're guiding the writer to turn in a book that the publisher is going to be happy with. Some agents don't want that kind of engagement or need it. So the agent I had for a very long time always said, I can make the deals, but you can write the books. So he didn't want to edit with me along the way, and that's totally fine. He just wanted to be left to make the sale, which was cool. So in this case, I would send the book to the publisher when it was ready and just copy my agent so he would know that it's been turned in. So after that, I would get an email from my editor confirming they got the book. At Kensington, my editor would get to it pretty quickly, usually within a few weeks of me sending it in. And then typically this next stage is editorial letter from the editor, which outlines the bigger, more developmental edits they want you to make. So at the story level, um, this, this thing doesn't make sense. This character doesn't feel like she's ringing true. 
there's a plot hole here. So all of those things that make up the bigger part of the book. So it has to, the book has to hang together and that's what they're looking for. So with my Kensington editor, I didn't get a lot of major edits. There might be a few things that I'd, I'd be asked for clarification on, but I didn't typically get a formal editorial letter with very extensive edits. Um, what edits I did get asked for, you know, I would need to get those back in a couple of weeks and then my payment would get approved and it was off to the copy edit phase. At St. Martin's, my editor sends a more formal editorial letter and there's usually more extensive edits. So after that cycle of edits, then it gets approved and then it moves forward. So that really just shows the difference between two editors' approaches. And again, there's probably a thousand different ways editors do this. So these are just my experiences. But again, they are both very different and they you know, represent pretty much complete opposite ends of the spectrum, really. And that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just the way it is. So um, one place operates like this, one person operates like this, and then another person operates completely differently. And it's all good because it all results in the same thing, a better book. So then the next stage is copy edits. So this is where you start fixing the smaller things but you still have the ability to make bigger edits so you can cut or add things that are, you know, that you're just not feeling when you're reading through it again. Um, sometimes if I'm reading through at this stage, it's been a few weeks. So I'm get, um, I have the distance to be able to look at it with fresh eyes and, you know, find a place where I should have added more detail or something is not really advancing the story so I can take it out. Um, so I'm not usually taking out whole scenes at this point, but you still have room to make bigger changes. And then the copy edits are, you know, the, uh, the person who does the copy editing for the publishing house, they're going through it. They're looking for typos, misspellings, the way things are referenced. You know, they're following the publishing house's style guide and making those corrections. They're checking usually to make sure that, you know, in chapter one, you mentioned the cafe name was X. In chapter seven, it's changed. So which one is it? It will call out discrepancies like that. They're usually working the former style guide of the book. So if the book is a series, each book gets a style guide and then theoretically it gets added onto with every book. So they're keeping track of names and places and descriptions and things like that. So they can, you know, make sure that it's consistent from book to book. So I go through all the copy edits, I make my changes, I make their changes if, if I feel they're right for the book. Some of them, you know, sometimes they can, can get a little bit into the story or opinions. Um, it depends on who the copy editor is. Those, I feel like I have the ability to either take or leave. And so that whole process probably takes me a couple weeks to get through. And then I send it back. And then maybe a month later, I get page proofs. So this is the stage where the book has been laid out the way it will be printed. So you're getting the pages the way they'll look in the actual book, the typeset pages. And this is the stage where there are only small changes allowed. So, you know, any last typos, any missing words or misspellings that are still floating around, uh, hopefully they get caught in this stage, but nothing that will materially change the layout of the book because the pages have already been set. So there's actually a disclaimer sent when they send you the pages that if you make changes that, that throw off the actual page counts, that they can charge you to fix them. So that takes me maybe another week or so to, to do. It, usually it's, it's not a very time-consuming process, um, but if I split it up into a few days, it'll you know, take the majority of a week to get through. So then I send that back, 
and then in the meantime, my arcs show up. So these are the advanced reader copy. So the pages that were sent for page proofs are put in the actual covers and sent off for early review copies. So it's the uncorrected proofs you'll see on, on those books. It says advanced uncorrected proof because those final edits and typos and things like that are not fixed yet because that's what you're working on while they're putting them into those advanced reader copies. So the authors get some of those copies. So the houses can send hard copies out for some reviews. It gets added to places like NetGalley so reviewers can access it. And then, you know, a lot of authors do giveaways of their arcs to try to get more reviews before publishing because, you know, as, as you might have heard, reviewers reviews are everything for authors. So the more reviews you can get and the more pre-orders you can get, the better your book is going to do. So that's what we want. We want people to read early. We want them to review it. We want them to help other people get excited about reading the book when, when it comes out and hopefully pre-ordering it. So while that's all happening, the production team is inputting the changes from the page proofs into the real book. And then usually a couple weeks before publication, I get my official author copies. And at that point, the book is in the fulfillment and distribution stage. And a few months later, it's hopefully at your door. And that's it. It's a lot, though. It sounds like, you know, simple when you talk about it in a few minutes, but it's, um, it's a process. So if it takes me nine months or so to write a book, then another three months or so is, is usually a good estimate for how long all of the production pieces are going to take, give or take. So I hope this shorty episode helped demystify some of the publishing process. And I hope you are all enjoying the podcast. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Which Way Out if you haven't pre-ordered it already. And we'll see you back here again soon. Mm-hmm.